Section 20 of Good Morning, Boys and Girls by Reverend Thomas J. Hostey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. April Fool. Good morning, boys and girls. When I was coming over to church this morning, one of the altar boys stopped me and said, Pardon me, father, but did you know that you have a big rip in the back of your suit? Naturally, I got a little worried. Can you blame me? It certainly wouldn't look very nice for a priest to be walking around with torn clothes. So I said to the boy, as I started to feel the back of my suit, Well, where is the rip? You can imagine my amazement when the boy, instead of answering immediately, started to laugh real hard. Then I'm afraid I got a little sore, and I questioned the boy rather angrily. What's so funny about tearing my suit? He stopped laughing just long enough to yell out, April Fool! Can you beat that? To think that a sharp operator like me should fall for one of the oldest of all gags. April Fool's Day. Of course, as soon as I remembered it was the first of April, I wasn't sore at the altar boy any more. In fact, I laughed even harder than he did, to think that I had been such a sucker. What else could I do? I couldn't help thinking of all the times I had pulled April Fool's jokes when I was the age of that altar boy. Besides, on April 1st, you're supposed to be on your guard, so that other people don't get away with any tricks or stunts on you. Once a year, a fool's day is really a joke, but I would hate to have every day of the year an April fool's day. After all, who wants to be made a sucker every day in the year? That is why I'm going to talk to you today about a person who tries to make every day an April fool's day for us. Believe me, he doesn't do it just to get a laugh out of it. He does it because he hates us, and because he hopes that we'll make such fools out of ourselves that some day we'll go to hell, where he can laugh at us forever. I'm sure you can think of only one person who would hate us that much, but I'm going to ask you his name anyway, just to see how many of you have been paying attention to me. Well, I'm happy to see that every one of you has been listening this morning. Yes, the character to whom I am referring is none other than our oldest enemy, the devil. The devil started making a fool out of us a long, long time ago. Who can tell me when the devil tricked us for the first time? That is absolutely correct. Way back at the beginning of the human race, back in the Garden of Paradise, the devil pulled a dirty trick on our first parents, which cost us a terrific price. God had given our first parents, Adam and Eve, everything which a person could possibly want. They didn't have to study, for example. All they had to do was to look at a thing, and they understood it. Wouldn't that be swell if you could learn all your homework and lessons simply by looking at them for a minute or two? They didn't have to work except to enjoy themselves. They didn't have any sickness or suffering at all. They weren't even going to have to die. After a certain amount of time, God was going to take them directly into heaven. The only thing God asked them to do was not to eat the fruit of a certain tree in the Garden of Paradise. What that tree actually was, we really don't know although a great many people have guessed that it was an apple tree. God couldn't have made it much easier for a first parents, could he? And remember, if Adam and Eve had obeyed God, you and I would have been born with all the wonderful gifts which they had. Then along came the villain, the devil himself. Eve was standing near the tree from which she had been forbidden to eat, when a snake came up and began to speak to her. It was the devil, of course, using the snake to speak through, the same way Edgar Bergen always uses Charlie McCarthy, his stooge. The only difference was, Eve did not see the devil. She only saw and heard the snake. So the snake said to her, Why don't you eat the fruit from that tree? Eve quickly answered him, Because the Lord commanded us not to. 
Then the devil, through the snake, pulled the most terrible April Fool's joke in history. He said to her, Don't be foolish. If you eat that fruit, you will become like God himself. Can you imagine anyone falling for a line like that? But Eve did. The moment she bit into that fruit, she knew that she had been taken for a fool. But it was too late then. So she quickly went to Adam, in order that she might not have to face the anger and punishment of God alone, and offered him a bite. Adam bit into the fruit too, and the result was the great sin which we know as original sin. Ever since that moment, all of the children of Adam and Eve have been punished for that sin, including you and me. It certainly would have been bad enough if the devil had never again tried to fool us, but that was only the beginning. Ever since the Garden of Paradise, up until now, and, without any doubt, until the very end of the world, the devil continues to try to fool us. And let me remind you again, he is not doing it just for laughs. He is doing it because he hates us and because he hopes that if he can fool us often enough, we'll go to hell forever. Don't you think for a single moment that he won't try to fool you because you're so smart. He fooled Solomon, who was one of the wisest men who ever lived. Why, he even had nerve enough to try to fool our Lord. Three times he tried to fool him, but the devil was no match for our Lord. Jesus was much too smart for him. The only reason our Lord even let him try was so that all of us might realize that there is no one whom the devil will not attempt to fool. The devil's system is very simple. For instance, he will try to get you to steal from your mother's purse. He'll suggest to you that your mother won't miss a few pennies, and besides, no one will ever know about it. If you take the money, then he has fooled you, because God is watching you every minute. Or again, he'll tempt you to lie. He'll whisper to you, and the devil is so clever, you won't even realize it is he who's putting the thought in your mind. That you'll never get caught, and that you can get away with it very easily. But if you act on the devil's advice, and go ahead and lie, he has fooled you again, because God knows you are lying, and he certainly will punish you for it. Perhaps it may be a sin against purity with which the devil tries to fool you. He tells you how wonderful it will be to do something bad, and you fall for his line. As soon as you do, you realize what a fool you were. First of all, the pleasure isn't nearly as great as the devil suggested it would be, and besides, it certainly wasn't worth the risk of going to hell forever for the sake of that few minutes of enjoyment. Boys and girls, no matter what the devil may try to lead you into, never forget that he is always trying to make a fool of you. Anyone could happen to be an April fool, but what a terrible thing it would be to become a devil's fool forever. End of section 20